3: A vast universe exists within and beyond our reality. The frequencies that we can realize with our five senses are but a tiny part of all that is real. Welcome to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, coming at you from Evansville, Indiana. Our show is produced and carried by X-Zone Broadcast Network and Relmar McConnell Media Company, headquartered in Hamilton, Ontario. For more information and to listen to any of my archive shows or to find other amazing show hosts, please visit www.xzbn.net. Or you can contact me by email at Joe Wegent, that's Joe, W-E-I-G-A-N-T, at xzbn.net. We've got a special guest with us here this hour. We have Frater Bob McDonald, who is also known as Frater Meinred, who is the prior of the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue in Southern Indiana. The Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue is a modern Gnostic Church in the sacramental traditions of the Western culture. While being sacramental in approach, The Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue embraces and upholds the Eastern Method. The teachings of the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue are understood to be the attainment of Gnosis through unification, amalgamation, syncretism, and radical inclusion also known in the Church as the Golden Path. Frater Bob, along with being a practicing Gnostic and prior of his Church, is also an initiate, in several Western mystery traditions, a teacher of Kabbalah, a certified Reiki practitioner, and an initiate in the Shaivite branch of Hinduism. Good morning, Bob, how are you doing today?
4: Good morning, how are you? Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure
3: and it's all on this side of the mic, I can guarantee you that. We're uh, we're really excited to have you with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, at what age you began your spiritual journey, and uh, just a little bit about how, how that uh, how that took place. What inspired you to, to go on this, this quest for spirituality?
4: I would say that my journey in earnest began very early. I was probably about 12 years old, and uh, I grew up Roman Catholic, and um, I had uh, a wonderful experience in the Catholic church, growing up, and I, I have no bad things to say about my time as a Roman Catholic. Um, it was through the uh, traditions of the mysteries of the church and the sacraments of the church that I really began to um, want to know more about the nature of God. I studied the lives of the saints, and I started to study the teachings, and Eventually, through other family members who had other faith backgrounds, I started to see that there was more to offer, that, that these other traditions also contained um, these pieces of illumination, and they started fitting together for me like a puzzle. So I began a quest to, a quest to attain as much of this understanding as I possibly could, so it's taken me everywhere
3: that is fascinating. Um, how many different, uh, religions or, or, uh, sex or, um, different modes of worship have you, uh, been involved with?
4: Well, um, all of the major world religions and, uh, several, uh, of the minor traditions. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, I converted into the Jewish faith when I was uh, 20 years old. Uh, I have always been a, a practicing Gnostic, in, in, in a sense, so I can explain what, what I mean by that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I was initiated into the Hindu tradition. I've taken my refuge vows. Uh, I took shahada at an Islamic center I've under a Sufi guide. Um, I have gone into the Sikh Gurdwara's, I have practiced in in Wiccan circles, in Druidic circles, um, wherever I could find um, people striving for the source of creation, I was very attracted to that. And so I never had any sense of having to distinguish between one group or another. I was simply chasing the Spirit of God, and I still do to this day.
3: That is excellent. We're going to cut away for a break here for just a moment. Uh, Bob can be reached at his email address at GnosticChurchDV at Hotmail.com, or you can reach him at his website address on Facebook, which is GnosticChurchDV on Facebook. We'll be right back in just a few minutes, and you're listening to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wiegent. Welcome back, folks. We are here at the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent. We have a special guest today, Frater Bob McDonald, who has founded his own church, the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue, right here in southern Indiana. And today we're going to talk about that and talk about Gnosticism. So, Bob, what exactly is Gnosticism?
4: Well, Gnosticism can be simply answered, and then it can be answered with a, a layered answer. So I'm going to do the simple answer first. The Gnosticism is the quest to achieve an intuitive understanding of the nature of divinity. To, to know God in the, in the innermost part of your soul. To have uh, an intimate connection in that way. That's the simple answer, uh, which is not also a simple answer, but we'll just say it is for the interview. Um, the uh, Kind of a more layered, complicated answer would be that Gnosticism is a system of practice that has um, murky historical origins. No one quite knows how far back it goes. It goes back a, a, a great deal, though. Um, and it is represented by a... Uh, Mosaic of various practices and disciplines and traditions that have existed from what some theorize ancient Egypt into the Jewish mystical schools all the way up into, uh, you know, medieval Catholicism, branches of medieval Catholics that broke away and formed Gnostic traditions. We know that Gnosticism was present during the formation of Christianity and orthodox christians and gnostics butted heads on many issues so it's just a in it in the systems are rep, the represent various facets of philosophical ideas so you have some gnostic groups that believe that there are two creators that there's like this concept called a demiurge and then you have the, the father god then you have gnostics that are more uh, focused on Uh, the Divine Feminine, then you have Gnostics that um, tend to see it all as part of a a great process. And all throughout history, the, the, the consistency has been the quest for the intuitive understanding of Divine Nature. To me, that's what makes a Gnostic a Gnostic. Someone that makes the decision to want to know God on a level beyond the words and beyond the the pages of scripture and beyond ritual but something deep inside so that i w- i would say that's my answer which i can go on and on about that
3: <laughs> and i i would love for you to but we we really do have time constraints so how does if if someone's going to a a standard north american christian church whether it's catholic or whether it's a protestant uh, example how does one uh, take on a, a more Gnostic thought, or how does one learn more about Gnosticism, and would that conflict with what they're being taught in their uh, standard North American Christian church?
4: Well, I would say that if if you... I would say that you can find Gnostics in Orthodox traditions. Um, that's my feeling on that. Some would agree, some would disagree. I, I, I feel that, that the, the nature of the approach is the most important thing, to understand that, that the divine is all around us and the, that we are all part of that connection. And I would say that if, if, if one were to say that only my particular way is the only way that you can realize the fullness of God, Um, I would say that they would have a hard time fitting into a Gnostic framework. I I feel through my study, through my own experience, that Gnosticism, the, the nature of it is syncretism. The nature of it is understanding and respecting and acknowledging the divinity in all aspects of the spiritual walk. So if someone's in a church and their leader is telling them that, they have to disapprove or they have to turn their back on a certain group because they approach god a certain way i can tell you that if they would embrace gnosticism they would probably have a hard time reconciling that with themselves but then at the same time i've known uh... very devout roman catholics very devout orthodox uh... very devout orthodox jews and muslims that i would consider very gnostic but internally the Themselves had this acceptance in their heart, and I think it accentuated their faith. I think that that they didn't have to not be Muslim, not be Jewish, not be Roman Catholic. I think it it added something and another dimension to their understanding of their own faith.
3: That's that's exactly what I was. Uh... I was hoping that, uh, we would get to is that Gnosticism is an addition to, or a deeper understanding of a person's own singular, uh, approach to their faith and, and their understanding of divinity. I, I like, I like that approach. So what is the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue? Can you explain that to me?
4: The Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue is, um, an answer to, uh, to, um, uh, a question that i had had in my mind for years it is a, a a development of a group of spiritual seekers that over time the 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 need for a presence in this area to fit this particular need kind of came about so the the church developed as a as a response to those seekers that Cannot fit into a particular mold, so you have someone that, like myself, is would con- I would consider myself a devout Christian, but I also consider myself a devout Hindu. So you can't anywhere I would go, like c- you can't reconcile that. Where in Gnosticism you you find a, a harmony and a peace and a and a and a, a unity that allows you to be able to develop into the fullness of your, you know, to reach the fullness of your potential. So the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue is here to be a home for people like me, to where they can come and participate in the worship and participate in the philosophy and in the engagement of talking and not feel like there's something wrong with how they feel or or that they're one-off because I will tell people that they are the intention of God. Their spiritual search is the intention of God, and and their, and their questions and their wandering and their, at times, confusion is part of the dance and it's part of the process, and it's something to be celebrated. So, it, so the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue, the, 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 the goal is to allow people to develop into the fullness of their spiritual awareness, through the acceptance of their natural need to syncretize and be amalgamated with the many various paths of God.
3: So what is amalgamation, and what is syncretism? How does that work within the framework?
4: I would say that amalgamation is the bringing together of of two different things to create something new. I believe that that my example my spiritual walk is, is an example of amalgamation when i've been in my hindu practice or when i'm in my gnostic practice or when i'm when i'm embracing the jewish aspects that i've brought with me in my spiritual journey these things are now fused together seamlessly but they come from divergent sources so one would see Christianity and see it as incompatible with Hinduism. And I see it as two parts of one story. Mm. Uh, Same with Buddhism, the same with Islam, the same with, with Judaism. These are all parts of the greater story. And through the acceptance of this, I have been able to understand God in ways that I've never even conceived of. But my understanding is only a drop in the bucket. It's it's really, I would say, an attempt to understand has, has matured. No one can really truly understand the fullness of God's nature. Anyone that says that uh, needs to start looking again.
1: Hmm.
3: Now, I, I read uh, during my brief study of Hinduism and trying to find out more about what that means that in Hinduism, their main uh, focus is there is only one God, but he goes by many names. So is this this more like what you're talking about with amalgamation and Gnosticism, is that it's all God, but everyone looks at that piece of God differently from where they're from?
4: It's all, yes, that's exactly it. The way we view God is the way we view colors of a prism. The light comes through a diamond, say, and breaks the light up into a prism. Uh, We see the various colors from that one light source. We receive that. This is the same thing that has happened to humans and divine light, the divine current, as, as I call it. We experience God in the way that we can understand God best it's the way that our minds can can acclimate to the understanding of god and all throughout culture we see that this understanding is represented by the culture uh, the dominant culture of the time and Mm -hmm. so we have a, a myriad of faiths and within those faiths we have thousands of unique traditions so so the the approach to god is so varied it's in the, i would i would argue that it's in the millions of of different paths and traditions and walks and and schools of thought and faiths and and it, this is all part of the one song notes notes in the song
3: hmm very cool i've i've uh, talked in some of my classes about how if you built a courtyard around whatever it is that God is, and that courtyard was made of stained glass windows, people standing next to each other can't look through the same little piece of stained glass. So if I'm looking through the red glass, I'm going to see God as red. And if you're looking through the yellow glass, you're going to see God as yellow, where a person across the courtyard would see God through the blue glass. So whatever the nature of the, the real true nature of God is, we're all looking at that through the the nature of our own understandings,
4: yes, I agree with that, uh, very much so. I think that um, to to understand that 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 God, however you understand God, is present for you to accentuate your life, to assist you, to love you, to help you, when you understand that and you understand that this same, Divine source, this divine current is there for the for another person across the world in another religion, it, speaking another language, to offer the same thing. Everything stops to be, everything stops being threatening, and everything starts being wonderful. to To see another religion being practiced stops being an intimidation of your own set of values and and your core beliefs. It, it you start to see that yes. God's there, too. Exactly.
5: God's here
4: and God's there. and it and it becomes a thing of wonder. And that is the aim in many ways of of my church to to take the fear away from people who who experience these crisis, this crisis of faith where they might feel in their heart that they want to explore another faith, but at the same time, the faith they grew up with t- tells them, You should not do this because it's wrong. Exactly. We're going to have to come back to
3: that in just a few more minutes. We're going to take another short break here and we'll be. Welcome back. We are here at the World Beyond Radio Show. I am your host, Joe Wegent, and we are talking about Gnosticism and the nature of God with Frater Bob McDonald, who has started his own church, the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue, and we are talking about uh, referring to God as the divine current. Can you explain a little bit more about that, Bob?
4: The divine current is um, the the essence of of all life, of all reality, um, it is the the thing that turns gravity, the thing that allows us to understand that we are. Uh, it is what the the what we feel when we generate feelings of love, of awareness, of happiness, of joy. The divine current is the essence of all living things, and 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 the the life blood of the entire. Galactic connection.
3: Wow, and I'm sure that can go a lot deeper than just that, huh?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, it 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 is the thing that that manifests in all of us naturally. It's it's a we are a byproduct of the divine currents. Being Uh, our conscious awareness is a part of this. Great connection, this, this, anything that that you would understand to be revelation, epiphanies, all come from this source.
0: Don't wait. Visit Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save.
3: Hmm. So it's almost like whenever uh, in Star Wars they talked about the force being within us and around us and around all living things and between us and by knowing what that source of power and that that source of uh, uh, guidance is, we can better understand ourselves and the world around us.
4: That's exactly it. That's exactly it.
3: what do you mean by the golden path when you describe your church?
4: Um, The golden path for me is the spiritual—I call— those of us in the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue, eternal pilgrims, we, we are on the pilgrimage to find God. And we, as the eternal pilgrims, the pilgrims of God, walk the golden path, the, the path that will lead us to the divine source. And our practice and our approach and our travels and our, our interactions with, with other people In that spectrum, our our philosophical discussions are all aspects of walking this path. So when I say we walk the golden path, it's a way of saying we live our faith.
3: And how does one go about doing that?
4: Waking up in the morning is the best (laughs) way to start. start. Um, It is... The the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue can be an intricate pathway, but it's not complicated to get started. All you have to have to be a member of the Church is a sincere desire to understand who you are and what your place is in this world and why. And that will give you the starting foundation to to go forward and to learn about the existence of the world, the existence of the divine current. What God is, why God is, and what is your place in that that great question. You become the pilgrim at that point, making your pilgrimage toward God.
3: So if I were to... uh want to start that journey and trying to find out a little bit more about that path and trying to increase my knowledge and my understanding, where would I go for help? Are there any, any books I can go find? Are there any published uh, papers that I can help me out with? Are are there any, you know, what, what can I do to, to find my path?
4: Well, I would, I would say that, that I, I cannot say that there is only one book that can do that for you. There are thousands of books that can help you start to achieve that understanding. One is uh, living Buddha, living Christ by Thich Nhat Hanh. Another is be here now by Ram Dass. I mean, I could, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, one book I recommend to people, even folks that are not Jewish is Jew and the Lotus by Roger That You know, these, these books are, are wonderful. Um, examples of, of what I talk about when I refer to living in the Gnosis and and, and walking the golden path uh, anything by written by Thomas Merton, Father Thomas Merton uh, anything um, written by Zalman Shakhtar, Rabbi Zalman Shakhtar Shalomi uh, these you know the, the Dalai Lama his words are a good example of someone that's that's walking that path, and so you find that, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit there and say only read what would be traditionally Gnostic material. One one of those books you would be the Nag Hammadi Library you can find on online. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that that you need to seek the essence. And the essence comes in many different ways through many different teachers, uh, and and there are resources where you find, you know, websites representing these teachers. You will find resources connecting you to other teachers, and and it'll just start the the path for you. And then your faith will start to customize, and you'll start to understand that that. God is speaking to you directly, and that is where the the first revelation hits, that that you are outside of the confines of what someone says you should or shouldn't do. Hmm. You start to experience that freedom, and that freedom will start to really develop your your spiritual potential.
3: Now, is this... um where the volume of Sacred Law came from?
4: The volume of Sacred Law was uh, kind of a... Uh, it came out of, of the, the need for people like myself to um, have a, a set of scriptures that could be read, that that are from divergent sources, that could be read as one book, to have kind of a reference guide. Um, I, I edited the volume of Sacred Law, I, I would say two years ago now, and you can find it mm-hmm. on lulu.com. Just look it up. Um, what I did is I essentially took the sacred texts of all of the major and, and and several of the minor world religions and compiled it into one volume. And in the introduction, I, I tell folks, you know, to, to understand what i mean when i talk about the volume of sacred law i'm talking about every every set of scripture every set of philosophical teaching of religious teaching so the the true volume of sacred law is basically the accumulated collection of of man's written uh experience with god what i did is i took a 600 page book and i put it together as a uh quick reference guide if you will so hmm. there is a bit of everything, and I feel that every every piece of, of every scripture portion that I put in the volume of Sacred Law, if you read the book front to back or in any way you choose, you start to see that there's a connection between what this Hindu tradition is saying, what the Christian tradition is saying, what, what the Jewish tradition is saying. And I compiled the book that the, that it won't be broken up, in, in, in as far as, like, it's not a, a book on, it's not an anthology, it's not a book on, well, this is what the Jews think, this is what the Hindus think. It was meant to be understood as one scripture, so that people can understand that there is a connection between all the various faiths. And, and through that, they have this something hold to, something to take with them, just something tangible that they can have to help them as an aid, a tool. So that was the, the reason that the volume of sacred law was put together in the first place.
3: Where do you see that going? Do you ever see yourself uh, editing that again, or adding to it, or taking away from it? Uh, once you get the uh, the church up and running.
4: I did. I I created a a second volume, uh, which I call the continued writings because it would be a little weird to say the volume of sacred law volume two i don't know i didn't go for it so i i created the volume of sacred law that continued writings and i added to because uh, i had people that that bought the book and they enjoyed it but they also wanted more they wanted some more representation of of other faiths that i might have they might have felt i didn't represent as as heavily as some others so i i remedied that by creating a second volume um, Eventually, they will all be edited again, because I edit the book according to what I feel is the, the the need of the time. and it since it is a tool, i'm not I didn't create it with the intention of it being some seeing something being as seen as something that's revered or um, put on a pedestal i I'm using it as a tool, something something living so Eventually there will be revisions, but um, as of right now, I'm I'm going to keep it as it is.
3: Is this going to be one of the uh, the main texts that you uh, use in your church?
4: Um, not honestly, not really. I I have found that that in the 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 times I've had with with individuals who um, are either part of the church or interested in the church uh, that. Texts and the revelations of God come in so many different ways that that I have it as an you know I offer it if someone wants it, but it's not something that's required. It's not something that's emphasized over something else. So if if, if for for instance there, I'm talking to a Christian who's most comfortable primarily in the Christian path, I'm not going to worry about and but. At the same time, they understand the nature of Gnosis, but they they simply just are more comfortable uh, in what they're familiar with. I wouldn't um, force them to, like, read other things. I would want to stay within their comfort zone. I want them to develop their own understanding naturally. So I just, uh, you know, allow what people... Come to me with to be what what is used to to better understand the nature of God. Because since it is all one thing, I don't feel that there's any. I don't have this competitive nature in myself to push one thing or, over another or say, okay, in the volume, you know, in our church we read the volume of sacred law uh, because it's all the volume of sacred law. So I just take it all in, and because of that, uh, it, it 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 stops. It's another stopgap to prevent um, oppressive thinking, you know, uh, um, elitism and, and whatnot.
3: Outstanding. Well, we're going to take another break, and we'll be back for one more segment. This is uh, the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wiegent, And this hour, we are talking to Bob McDonald. And you can always reach me at joewegent at xzbn.net. That's Joe, W-E-I-G-A-N-T at X-Z-B-N dot net. You can reach our guest at Dv at Hotmail.com. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Please stick around.
7: and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com.
2: GeneX provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun.
3: Welcome back to the World Beyond Radio Show. I'm your host, Joe Wegent, and we're discussing Gnosticism and the ch- uh, Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue, and we're talking with our special guest this hour, Bob McDonald. So, Bob, do you uh, do you feel there is an upswing in the number of people who are practicing Gnosticism or or uh, accepting the philosophies of Gnosticism, or is, is this something that most people don't know about?
4: I think you see a a uh, increase in the number of people that are embracing interfaith activity and interfaith um, behaviors, so to speak. You have Christians that are going to Buddhist centers to meditate. you have Jews that are uh, engaging in Sufi practices you have you have just a variety of examples of how people how the, the old strictures of the past are, are slowly giving way to this, this new, what I consider Gnostic approach of understanding God. So I feel like while Gnosticism in the Word, people that say, I am a Gnostic, I feel that that's a, a pretty um, uh, pretty moderate number. Uh, I think that the practice of Gnosticism is starting to gain a lot of momentum more and more. You see this this, this inclusionary behavior. Um, so I think that as Gnostics make themselves available to the people as a place that they can go to the, the the church they can go to as a haven or a, a center for exploration as they make themselves available I feel that the the call will be answered by the people that that are intuitively seeking the, the will of God
3: years ago there was a um, there was a, a growing movement of people who were leaving the Christian Church. Uh, People who had uh, left their mothers and fathers and gone on to college were not coming back to the church, and lately there has been a growing rise in people who are checking the spiritual but not religious box on forms right. and and uh, surveys and things. Do you think that those people fall into the gnostic way of thinking, or are they just uh, wandering about trying to find their own way? I, I, what do you what do you explain for that?
4: There are individuals that um, feel that they have. A connection to the divine, but they don't have a need to dwell on it too much they don't have a need to look into it too much, and that's okay. I have no problem with that, and that's you have so a, a part of that group I think fits into that category of where they the feel they understand that there is a connection um, but they just don't feel a need to um look any deeper into it and that's fine it's it's about you know it's about someone's comfort level and then you have the people that are very concerned about their place in in the creation question and they are a little maybe um They've had bad experiences from their from their past in in certain religious traditions, and they don't want to be tied down to a name because the association of that has some negative memories. So you have that group, but that they they are sincere seekers, and that they are in in a way, pilgrims exploring and questing uh, down the golden path. So I would say that they have the. The tendencies, Gnostic tendencies, and they have they have the uh, um, the will and the and the desire to know more about it. Um, sometimes it leads them into other paths. It leads them into Hinduism or Judaism or other forms of even Christianity that they may not have explored before. And that that is that's also part of the Golden Path. That's 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 fine. And then some people that simply just want to accept everything, and that they don't want to be tied down to a name. Again, that's fine too. There's no um, there's no rights and wrongs in 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 the question of God. It's just understanding.
3: So when one goes about practicing Gnosticism, you know, as a as a daily practice, would. Would a person say, "Okay, today I'm going to concentrate on some uh, some Sufi passage, and then tomorrow I plan on practicing, uh, you know, the eight paths of Buddhism, and the next day after that I plan on practicing, you know, some some piece of the uh, Roman Catholic uh, tradition, or is it a is it a blending of all the traditions, or does one, you know, decide one day to the next how they're going to approach their practice with God?"
4: For instance, in the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue, our corporate worship, that means the worship that we perform when we're in a group setting, has been agreed on to be part of the Western esoteric tradition. We tend to have a very Catholic-styled approach to our corporate or, or group worship, whereas in, in private we also have, well, not even in private, we, we do that and then we'll get together, and we might have we might celebrate a, a puja, a, a Hindu service. Um, but we understand that the 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 nature of the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtues worship to to re, to retain some consistency for people that are coming in, and that don't quite understand what Gnosticism is, and to kind of um, give tribute to the Gnostics that that kept the flame alive, so to speak we have we embrace the, the Western sacramental Catholic Gnostic traditions um, privately my own practice is uh, a at this point just a, a thorough blending of all of the bits and pieces that I've that I've collected in my time some individuals um, have Practices that I think are very interesting that are broken down into like, in the morning I'll do, you know, my my rounds of mantra chanting. For my midday prayers, I'm going to pray the rosary. In the evening, I'm going to meditate in the Zen method. Um, individuals will do that. That's also very viable. Um, it's it's a it's a byproduct of of the amalgamation. Is that is that your personal worship is going to be very personal? Uh, it's just that in in the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue, we we also understand that there needs to be a kind of a communal expression as well, and so the agreement was to express communally in this uh, sacramental Catholic way, which is. Uh, in my experience growing up as a Roman Catholic my first exposure to to the mystery traditions was in the western sacramental tradition so it's it's very comfortable for me and and a lot of other people especially in the in in the western world but at the same time if individuals if that's not if that doesn't meet their need then there are other aspects of what we do in the church that usually do
3: so when it comes to actually being in the church itself it's more uh not really formal but more formal but then in your own practice you might uh, seek out different uh different methods of expressing yourself to god and having god expressed to you
4: yeah i would say that's fair Um, we or i myself have been doing this for so long that I, I tend to stop, it, it's not as unique to me as, as individuals that, that first learn about what I do or why I do it, and they, it seems very, for some people, very weird or very different, and for me it's become uh, just a natural part of my life uh, to to have that Hindu element, to have that, that Christian element, to have that Jewish element, and, and everything else blended together the way I do, uh, it's just for anyone that knows me and has known me for a long period of time, they've, they've, it's, they say it's like um, uh, a develop, they've seen the development happen. And so at this point, I am who I am, right? So there's no, nothing, one thing doesn't stand out above another. The, the difference, I, I think, for, that some people have noticed is that within the last couple of years, through the development of the Church, um, my understanding of my purpose has crystallized. So that, that while I'm always continuing to grow and to develop, I feel that I've been called to a purpose as well. I have a calling to to serve uh, other people in this capacity. And the, the Gnostic Church of Dharma and Virtue exists for, I, I tell people, this church is for you, it's not for me. And I'm here for you, too. I, I'm here to help people walk the golden path and I'm I'm here to help the pilgrim. And I believe that that's my calling and I'm, I, I feel very passionately about that.
3: I've always said that we all have a certain set of uh, gifts and skills and abilities and talents. And if we're not using those in the service of others, then we've wasted a life and we've wasted what we've been given. And it's good to see that you are using your your path and your history and your skills and abilities to be of service to other people. And uh, I wish you well on your journey. I, I want to have you back on the show again whenever we uh, get a little bit closer to uh, following your path in this church and how it's developing and, and how it's growing and the next steps that you have to take. So I, I really appreciate you being on the show with us this time, Bob.
4: Thank you so much. I I loved being on, and I'll I'll love being on again.
3: (laughs) Absolutely, and we will have you back. This has been the World Beyond Radio Show. I have been your host, Joe Wegent. And as always, we are produced and carried by the X-Zone Broadcast Network in Hamilton, Ontario. For more information on this show and others, please contact www.xzbn.net. And until then, I promise you, we'll talk again. Have a good day, folks.